we thank the Lord for this heaven, for returning for this group, we're gathered here to learn more about a better way of life. We ask that God be in our mood, God direct our thoughts, God direct our mistakes. Whatever is said or whatever is done, let it be done towards our own and goals. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. First thing I want to invite you folks for, I want to thank you folks for inviting me down here. Next thing I want to congratulate you on having as many here as you have on your first anniversary. I think it was our ninth anniversary that we had over in Akron High <clears throat> that I heard Doc get up and make this statement. I never paid much attention to statistics about any kind of statistics about AA. It never made any particular difference to me who was first, second, third, or fourth. How many but I heard Doc get up and make this statement? He said that our, at our first anniversary, uh, we had six at the end of the year. Well, I didn't remember that. And he said that four of them were here tonight. Uh, that was on our ninth anniversary, he said, and four of them are here tonight, one of them dead, and one of them out of town, and couldn't be here. Well, I happen to know that a couple of them that were there had had little trouble uh, during those uh, nine years, but uh, they had were there that night and uh, were sober. And uh, so that's all we had on our, our first anniversary was six, and of course it was several times six years. And, of course, uh, when we had that anniversary, I certainly never expected to be down in North Canton talking to folks. And you know, a lot of the other places where I have been and talking, I, we just had in mind that we'd get sober and stay sober. And uh, to do that, uh, we had to go out and take this program to a few people and uh, not to get sober and stay sober ourselves. And, and that would be the end to it. Now, that's all I had in mind, I know, and I'm pretty positive that and there wasn't anything much else in the mind of the others except to stay sober ourselves. Uh, that early thought has been worth quite a little bit to me. Uh, and in uh, two or three ways, I haven't felt any great responsibility about uh, the movement being such a wonderful movement and all those great things that are going to be Darn, I even had a woman after one of the meetings out of food. She come around, oh, she's been a missionary in China for a long time. A very wonderful woman. Oh, she said this is wonderful. She said maybe this is the answer, this is the answer to world peace. And I said, well, I don't know. Uh, anyhow, I hope it's uh, the answer to uh, peace in a lot of homes around there in Akron where they used to get drunk and fight with each other. <laughs> now if you can carry it on over and make the world peace out of it, that's fine. But uh, I have always had in mind that the main purpose of AA was to stay sober. And now there's a lot to AA, uh, uh, in my opinion, uh, that's uh, worth a lot more. And a lot in there outside of staying sober, but actually and honestly, I hope uh, that we always keep sobriety as the main purpose of AA. Now I know positively that that's the thing that we started out with, was to stay sober. Uh, certainly, I've got a lot of things out of it further than that. One fellow even argued with me about uh, not so long ago and said if somebody had been the only thing he got, uh, it just wouldn't have been worthwhile. And I said, well, I don't know about you, 
But I know about me. I said, the first, last six months I drank, I was dragged into the hospital eight times. Six months. And four or five times, of those times I've been tied down, I'd said there too before ever. I knew all the and I said, my doctor told me I didn't have a church anymore, and I know I knew as well as he knew uh, that I didn't have. He said, you get in such terrible shape that you're not going to make money more of it. And uh, I knew it. And uh, that was 16 years ago, and I'm still living and uh, still feeling pretty good. In fact, just about a year ago, I uh, had some sort of virus, and I stayed in bed two days. And the wife kept telling me to go to the doctor, but I think it's just a sort of a cold, and I don't want to bother with doctors. And, uh, but I did finally go, and he told me, he said, you, you sick? And I said, yeah, I know. But I came back and told my wife, she said, well, I kept wanting you to go to the doctor. She said, I knew you were sick. She said, that's the first time I've seen you stay in bed all day since they used to tie you in bed 15 years ago. <laughs> which was the which was the truth. I hadn't thought about it. But I said that that happened to me the last six months I drank. And I've had, uh, since that time, uh, uh, day before yesterday, fourth day of July was when I came out of the hospital. Of course, I've been sober some three or four days then. And that was 16 years ago. That I came out of the hospital and I said I've had eight or ten uh, years extra of life I know that have been good with good health and then you tell me uh, I said that certainly was worthwhile if I had never gotten anything more out of AA than that that fact that I don't go to the hospital anymore and I don't go through all that hell and stuff that I went through with and the fact that I've had that uh, number of years uh, of good life is certainly worthwhile if I've never gotten anything more. I did get a lot more out of it. There's a lot more in it. And I hope that uh, folks will get it. And, but I still hope that we keep that sobriety the main purpose of AA. And, uh, you know, I, it's getting a little bit harder for me to lead a meeting right along. Uh, I think the re reason for that is that I've been doing it for so long. And the most of you fellows know that I've been doing it for so long. And uh, so you begin to wonder why in the devil I don't get any better than what I am. <laughs> that makes, makes it a little bit tough on me. Uh, well, that might be good too. Maybe then they'll sort of stop asking me. You know, I just talk. And I, I think the first meeting that I went out of town to leave was over in Toledo. And I expect that was better than 10 years ago. Because I think it was about two years ago I was over in Avon, Michigan. And I was talking to a big fellow there, and I said the first time I was ever over here in, in Toledo, he was up there from Toledo, and I said that was about uh, seven or eight years, something like that ago. He said, well, I know exactly how long it's been. He said, I haven't been sober, but about three weeks, and I was there at that meeting, and I've been sober eight years. So it's been better than ten years the first time, as far as I know, that I went out of town. And uh, I've been doing it. And there's a lot of you fellows right back there that can do just as good a job as I can. And uh, you ought to be up here leading this meeting instead of me, uh, because you can do it just as well, and it will help you. Uh, because in my opinion, there isn't anything much that uh, helps the person uh, more than leading the meetings. In fact, that was one of the main things that they had in mind when we started out. And when we went to a meeting in the early days, we didn't know when we went who was going to lead the meeting. We went and we had what we called quiet time, and uh, during that quiet time, we was to open our minds uh, with for instruction as to who we thought ought to lead the meeting that night. And then after we uh, did that, uh, sat there in silence uh, for five minutes while they started around, and you think, and this fellow say this one, this one, that one, and whoever happened to have the most, we pointed to him and said, well, it's you. 
So he got up there and uh, and took charge of the meeting and uh, went ahead. And we didn't know until uh, we got there who was going to do it. And that wouldn't be a bad idea to try out, in my opinion, every once in a while here. It'll help, fella. It might uh, mush him up a little bit for a minute or two and did us, but we'll get over it. And uh, I used to say when I started out that if no one was helped in the meeting except me, uh, well, I certainly know I knew I would be by by leading the meeting. It would help. And uh, this idea of uh, these fine speakers and good speakers and so forth being called in, I, I, I never have been. And too much in favor of that, uh, because I've seen some mighty good fellas uh, take a licking on account of the fact that I'm very positive that uh, that idea that they were in demand quite a bit as speakers uh, sort of began to go to <laughs> up here to the top of their head a little bit, and they got a little proud of it. And uh, the fact is, I watched two or three of them, and I was sort of wondering if that wasn't happening. And uh, one or two of them, it certainly happened. Apparently they had to them. Uh, now, that might not have had anything to do with it, but they did fall off and reduce it. I sort of wanted it. It's a little, now, I'm not saying what I got up here to say. Uh, <laughs> but it is a little hard, you know. Uh, I, I, I was lucky. I've been lucky all the way through, eh? That's, that's helped me out an awful lot. Uh, I never could uh, feel uh, particularly... Uh, complimented by the reason of the fact that they asked me because they happened to ask me just because I happened to be uh, the first mind person that Doc and Bill worked on and were successful with. I'm very popular. That's the reason they asked me. Rather than uh, what I happened to say. Well, I had no control over the fact that they happened to be the ones that, uh, that I happened to be the one that they picked up first, so I never could uh, feel that way about it. And uh, that's been, been, been a help for me. And, but I remember one time I came in there and at home I did some meeting. You know, I think so the meeting, you know, something getting sort of wrong with these meetings. They're not hardly up to par. And uh, I mean, I just what's the matter? What's what's wrong? I ain't saying happening or something. I, I just wasn't. I was rather low about how he was going and. Uh, so uh, I picked up a little book there and opened it like this. I just saw it laying there. It's my wife's magazine. She, I know how to look at it. But I picked it up that night and pulled it open. Just a matter of luck. I never looked. Pulled it up there and I started to read. And uh, why? Well, I never even looked at the heading. I don't know yet what the heading of the article was, but the part I read was. Uh, I don't know if she didn't tell you this, but it actually happened. Uh, the fellow said he went over to his neighbors, and uh, the fellow insisted on showing him about an hour or better of uh, Pictures, moving pictures that he's taken of he and his family around the house. Now, well, the man said, I had seen him day after day around there doing those same things, and I've seen those rose bushes and things, and it really wasn't very interesting. It was rather boring to sit down and look at those pictures. And after it was over, he said, Of course, naturally, to be polite, I had to say something. Said they had a little eight year old girl, said I looked over at her, and I said, well, What part of the picture did you like the best? Well, she said, The part I was, the part I was in, of course, she said. <laughs> well, I'll do. And that came in my mind. Now, do you reckon that's what it's sort of the matter? Maybe they sort of uh, slipped up here. Maybe they haven't been paying you hardly as much attention. Maybe you haven't read as many meetings. In the last, uh, I wouldn't tell you this. I'm sort of ashamed of it. Uh, but it might help you. 
And I said to him, they've been paying as much attention to you as they should, or something like that. That's the reason you finally hurt. And uh, when I analyzed it down, right down the fact, I had to come to the conclusion that possibly that might have had something to do with the fact that I thought those meetings weren't hardly as entertaining as they had been because I hadn't had the uh, spatial attention uh, that I maybe thought that I ought to have. Uh, although I really never particularly wanted any spatial attention because and I told them over and over again, I don't, because I'm very positive, and that if anybody else uh, begins to set me up there as uh, somebody to go by and lean on and give me spatial attention, while the old devil, he'll start giving me spatial attention too. And I've had about all the attention from that boy for the last 16 years and all my life, and I, I really want. Now, I don't say that in any sacrilegious way. I mean it. Well, he's always right after a fellow. And if he says, oh, well, if I kick Bill out, I can knock a half a dozen, well, he'll concentrate on me, and I don't need any concentration. <laughs> and uh, that's neither here nor there, but I, I thought about that, that that might happen. And, uh, but the fact, as I mentioned a while ago, that it's the idea of sobriety and the reason that we are primarily in AA, and the fact that I never expected any great world movement or anything like that to go out of it has helped me because in that way I can go ahead and do AA and practice AA the same way it was taught to me, which I'm going to give it to you directly in about, and it only takes me about 10 minutes to do that. That's what I ought to do, of course, to quit, but I keep on talking a long time to get up to it. And uh, it's helped me to go ahead and practice and talk AA just the way I learned it, without feeling too much responsibility of what's going to happen to the movement, and uh, arguing with uh, this bunch that wants to do it this way, and arguing with this bunch that wants to do it that way, and now there's quite a little bit of that, you know, that's going on around now, some of them want it this way, and some of them want it the other way, and I told the fellow today, he came all the way down to Cleveland and bought my dinner to give me help or some things that... He thought it was so-and-so, and I just told him, I said, now wait, I learned this AA one way. And I learned AA that the main purpose that I was in AA was not to save the world and not to save a lot of people, but to keep Bill Dotson sober. That's the main reason I know that. To do that, I have to take this message uh, to people. Uh, now, from now on, they have to take over. I can't keep them sober. I couldn't keep them sober. I couldn't save the world. I don't think I was expected to save the world. And then the fact is, I can't think that you can find any place in the Bible, any place, where anybody was supposed to save anybody. If you go back and read the four synoptic uh, Gospels, uh, you'll find that just before Jesus uh, ascended, he said, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel. He never told you to save anybody. I even read in the paper today where that fellow ministered up there was a woman, so-and-so, so he could save a lot of people, see. Uh, I don't think we do that, and I don't think we keep them sober. We can take them the message, uh, but from uh, there on, uh, it's between them and, and this higher power as to what happened. And uh, that's what I've been doing is when they ask me, go around and tell folks, uh, the AA program as it gave it to me and sometimes a few other little things. I've noticed that uh, uh, I heard a fellow get up and say in King's School on Wednesday night and that's the first time I heard him admit it that way. Uh, he said he stayed sober seven and a half years and then he got drunk and took him about 15 months to get sobered back. Well, that was true. And I knew it. And he's been sober since. Uh, 
uh, and he admitted that he said, I was a terribly intolerant son of a gun. He said, I just didn't have no damn use for these fellows that came into AA and then slipped. He said, I just couldn't see it tolerant. Well, I thank goodness I never had that kind of spirit. When he comes around and tells me, he said, oh, he said, I had a slip. I said to them, you had a slip. You just went out and got drunk. Just exactly the same way I did hundreds of times after I knew I shouldn't. I went out and did it. Now, that's just what you did. No slipping or anything else. Just like right over again. Uh, of course, uh, maybe... Hey, it would look better to the outside world if we, uh, say you'd have a bird fellow that came around and, and, uh, said he belongs to A. I don't know how in the world he belongs to A. And there wasn't any joining or anything like that when, uh, when I came in. And, uh, now I rambled around there and talked to you. It was, as I mentioned a while ago, it was 16 years ago, the, about the, 26th of June that I came to over there in the city hospital in Akron High. One Thursday morning, that's the only way in the world that I, uh, knew what particular day it was. Uh, I knew it was Wednesday and I went in there and the only way in the world that I remembered a year or two later, uh, that it was Wednesday was that, uh, I knew I started on Saturday. And, uh, the last time before that, uh, that I had come out of the hospital, I told my wife, I said, for goodness sakes, don't let me get this terrible shape anymore before I get into the hospital. I said, that's been hell the last few times. I'll tell you. Uh, see if you can't get me to go in the hospital. It usually took me about 10, 12 days from the time I took that first drink until I ended up over there in the hospital tied down. It took 10 or 12 days. Uh, a week of it out, round and round like that, me in and out. Then the last week I was up there on the third floor in my home, so I was supposed to be out of town, and if anybody come in, they wouldn't hear me up there. And uh, I just laid up there in, in that bed on the third floor by myself, which was my bedroom, it was on the second. But I'd go up there and hide, and every time I'd wake up, I'd just reach over and get the bottle, take another drink, and go back to sleep. And keep that up for about a four or five days or a week. Finally, it comes a day, you know, you've heard fellas talk about throwing uh, them up, you know, couldn't get them down in the morning. Well, I throw them up, 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 up like that. But that never made any particular difference to me because I knew that if I kept on swallowing them, I'd finally get one that would stay down directly. And, uh, but if you do like what I talked to you just about doing, you spend about a week, drink, 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 and then last week up there on the floor, just nothing to eat, just reach over, take the bottle, go back to sleep. Finally, you wake up someday and look at you and sit down. Just wasn't doing it. Just wasn't doing it. Ooh, that now is wrong. It's going to want to do it. Another day or so of this, and you'd be dead. So, start off with my wife to get a hold of the doctor. I didn't go to the hospital only for the six weeks, but the last two or three years I drank, I never got over one without having to call a doctor. Fine time finally comes when you look at it and you know it isn't going to do any good. Hey, another drink isn't going to do any good. You're just so full and sick out of it. You wouldn't do anything about throwing it up, but you just know it isn't going to do you any good. One of any use in trying to take it, then you have to do something about it. And uh, so I told her not to let me get so bad the next time, so I started on Saturday. And isn't that odd? I remember just how I took that first drink on Saturday. I went home early from the office, figuring that uh, to stay sober. And then I got home and got up there to the house. And and it was uh, June, it was hot, and I got drier and drier, and I wanted to drink worse and worse, and there was a place over there where they sold only liquor and uh, wine and uh, no whiskey. 
And uh, so I fooled, shook, bothered, fooled around there. I hadn't had a drink probably for a couple of weeks then, maybe at least that long. And But I was so nervous and I wanted to drink. And I finally sold myself, and I guess, I mean, I, I sold my wife. Well, I don't guess I sold either one of us. I don't know. But I I tried to sell her on the idea that I'd just run over there and have a cold cup, a cold glass of beer and come back. It was time for dinner or supper, whichever you call it. About five o'clock in the afternoon. And this was about time to eat. She had about ready. And I'll just run over there. And I'll have a couple of cold bottles of beer and I'll run right back. And eat my supper and I won't get drunk. Now I know if I'm going to drink a couple of cold bottles of beer, damn if I'm going to eat right after because that's just wasted. That's all. <laughs> I'm going to have a trouble. I ain't going to waste the eat right after. But I really thought that that could be done, see? And I guess I, I even told her I'll take the boy. He's about eight or nine years. I'll take the boy along uh, to ensure the fact that I'm going to come back. And, um, well, I don't guess I made her believe it, but she didn't. Anyhow, it went. And, of course, by 11 o'clock, she come over and got the boy. And took him home, and she didn't bother me. Of course, I stayed all night. As soon as we closed that up, I went looking for a bootleg job. Where they sold them after hours. And found them. And stayed there and went home sometime the next day. And I told her, for goodness sakes, don't let me get that bad anymore. So some way or other, on Wednesday, she coaxed me into the hospital. And I went into the hospital last week. And I know this Wednesday. I hadn't been drinking so long. And I wasn't so bad that morning. And so I came to there on Thursday morning. And uh, my mind was fairly sorry because I'd only been drinking since Saturday. And, uh... So I looked around, I realized where I am again. And I said, well, here you are again. And you've been here, either here or over in the peoples. This makes eight times now in six months. And every time you woke up, or you went out of this hospital, this last six months, you went out of here fully determined in your own mind that you wasn't going to get drunk for something like six or eight months. I don't think I said I was going to quit. But I went out there fully determined that I wasn't going to be drunk for six or eight months because I couldn't afford it. I was broke. And it wasn't going to be long until my wife and boy was going to be on charity, which would be terribly humiliating. And not only that, it was going to be, uh, I was going to have to start to, to uh, panhandling and drink. And boy, that would be hell. I always felt for a panhandling. Because when I wanted to drink, I wanted it. I didn't want to have to go out and try to beg somebody and spend a half an hour trying to get a hold of a drink. I wanted the right thing. And I didn't want to have to, and I could picture myself out down there on the street trying to get a hold of enough money to go and buy me a drink and have to make maybe an hour or two when I'd be wanting it like I would like that. And I, I just knew it would just be terrible. But anyhow, I come through there and I said, here you are. And you didn't intend to be here. Time after time, you've been doing this now here. And you're going out of here fully determined. You weren't going to get drunk anymore for six months at least six or eight months, until you got a little money and got back a little self-respect uh, of your own and little towards people to show that you can do something about it. What are you going to do about it? And I didn't know. And that was all. Right then, the boy comes along and says, get on this old top, we're going upstairs. Well, I didn't want to argue with him. I didn't know that, but he said, get on. I don't want to argue. And I ain't argued. I've never seen him before, but he told me after dying. And finally, I asked him, how do you know me? So I called me all the time. I never saw you before in my life. Except 
I done a lot of good and I was just heaving and escaping and heaving and going off. And this little mountaineer, he was worse drunk than I was. He looked over at me and said, why don't you quit? Don't do it, you know. You'd see him as the weather that shot even funnier. And I looked at him as funny as thick as I was and I said, quit. Well, yeah, he said, see, it's no trouble. I've got a thousand times. <laughs> And I said, you're going to, uh, I said, you're going to quit. Well, now that helped. That, that influence that she had there, uh, I, I could not demand that influence. But the fact that she still could bleed in me and bleed in this program, or bleed that she had found something whereby I could quit, well, was a help. And she told me there were a couple of, uh, drunks, she said, like you are. I said, they haven't been trouble too, she said. said, they get drunk. They're trying to quit. And uh, therefore, we sinners, maybe she didn't say it that way, but that's what came to my mind. Well, now, that's bad. All these other people have been coming around here. They come around here to help this day we send me. They're all right, but they want to help me. And, uh, but there's nothing wrong with them. But now, here's a couple of poor weak sinners that's coming to talk to me. Well, now, that, that helped my egotism quite a little bit. They admitted that they were just, had the same licking as I had. Well, then, you people sort of look down on me. Why don't you use your willpower? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've used my willpower, and you have too. Because when you get sober, you have a hell of a fight to put on like that. And if I had had sense enough, I would have caught that first drink. Uh, easier than I could have thought it out there after I'd been drinking for a week or two, but finally knew that I had to quit and just trying to fight it out. Now, now that, that, that's when you really got a real tough fight to put on. Now, you, my preacher, had never gone through that. Getting out of a suitcase and, and hold and fighting that out to get sober, get back in. Now, that's a tough job. I used to tell them all the time, I said, you know, it's always worth kind of fun to get drunk, but hell, to get sober. That's what I got in myself when I started trying to get sober. That was what, when my trouble started. And, um, but these, uh, fellas, well, they had the same weakness that I had. Therefore, I wasn't going to, uh, uh, hurt myself too much. Just on this one. I kind of put them down on my level. And, uh, so, uh, then there was one other thing. He said, that helped a lot. I didn't forget it. And I thank you for the time. It's all mine without saying much. Because I didn't have much time. But you know, and I talked about the Jesus doing all that stuff. I had with my doctor. I had a regular doctor. That's been helping me for two or three years. And he was a mighty nice fellow. And he was a minister too. And my wife and I talked to him about making a cure. And he said it won't, it won't do Bill any good. He said he's a confirmed drunkard, I believe that's what he called He said, I'll fool with him at home. And he said, I'm a minister, and I'm a doctor. He said, I'll have some answer, but I don't have any answer. All in the world I can do is help him through this pain so he can get sober enough to get back to life, stay sober a few days. Is that a little worse and won't be long? Uh, he'll be calling me again. I know it because I've had them before, but, uh, I pretty soon tell them to hell with them. I don't want to be fooled with them. And he didn't leave, but he's a good friend of mine. Like my wife and his wife. They did more for her, for her than they did for me. And, uh, so, uh, I think, well, and I said, my wife, 
But I was smart. I wasn't going to let him do that. And he told me, he said, Bill, I, I don't want to get drunk like this. But he said, I, I can't help it. Well, I always started like a preacher. <laughs> I thought, we well, ain't using good sense. I told him, I said, you, you're drinking too much too often. A lot of them asked me, he said, all these are about why you get the alcoholics. And I said, I don't know, after hearing all those stories. I finally come to the conclusion on the reason I became an alcoholic was that I drank too much whiskey too often over too long a period. I think that's what happened. <laughs> if I could avoid it just one of those, maybe I wouldn't become an alcoholic. And I thought I was going to avoid them, but I kept on until I was as bad as shape as he was. And, uh, but I kept on as I saw fellows. I said, now when it starts doing me like that, well, I'm going to quit. Well, when I got out and I didn't look hardly bad, and I said, well, that's pretty tough, but I, I do know when it starts doing me like this, fellas, then I know I'm going to do something about it. And I just went right on, clear down the bottom. I just kept lowering the standards. Year after year, as I might stand it, got worse while I lowered it too, and so I was clear down to the bottom. And as far as liquor was concerned, I hadn't been down in the jungle because I'd had a little money left me, and I'd had some a few months before I got so bad, and so while I had that run out, and I kept cleaning the banks, I was pretty slick at that. And uh, so I had it run me out longer, I would have been down there before. So they told me I had to have an honest desire, and we used to quit. Well, I don't guess I wanted to quit, but oh my goodness, I'd have had something. This kind of getting drunk, there wasn't anything in that anymore, I sure was. I certainly, if I didn't want to quit drinking, I wanted to get, quit getting drunk and getting taken over to the hospital and tied down and put in jail, things like that. I didn't like that. And so they asked me then the next question whether they, I thought I could quit by myself, and that was pretty hard to answer. I, I hated to admit that I had a problem that I couldn't handle, a little silly thing like that. Anyhow, all I did was done that. I was going to do it all my life. They said, no, if you can handle it by yourself, all right, then we'll go around and we'll look somebody who can't handle it. And, uh, said, we want to quit. And to do that, we got to take this problem to somebody that wants to quit and knows that he can quit. And we're just wasting time. If you don't want to quit, or wasting time if you don't think, if you think you can quit by yourself, that's fine, just go ahead and quit. And they let me there to study these things over, and then they asked me uh, another question. They said, do you believe in a higher power? I said, yes, I believe in God, and I believe in the Bible. I never have lost my faith. I know that the answer, but how in the hell am I going to get it? Because I just can't be that good. I, I just can't. I, I said, I do these little things. What am I going to do about that? Well, they gave me some very good sense. Uh, they said, well, now, let don't you think that this drink problem is causing you more trouble than anything else now. And don't you think that you're going to have about all that you can do to get rid of this drink problem? Don't you think it's going to use about all your time now getting rid of this? Well, I said, I wouldn't be surprised. I certainly haven't been doing very good at it. Well, I said, now let's concentrate on the drink and we'll forget the cigarettes and the penny ante poker and the other little things like that for a while. You concentrate on this thing. And you work on that. And then after we get sort of straightened out on that, then you start thinking about them other things. And uh, if uh, you still think you'll get rid of that, well, then you start working on those. Well, no, I said, that's pretty good sense. Pretty good sense. So I said, I, I believe in the Bible, believe in God. I know that's the answer that I, that I haven't been able to get. And the next question they asked me was, would I be willing in the presence of somebody else who sort of slipped that 
We don't use that exactly that way anymore, but they said, would you be willing in the presence of somebody else to go to this higher power, which to me was God, and admit that you have a problem that you can't handle and that you want help? And they left me there to stay at home. I had to want to quit. I had to realize that I couldn't do it by myself. I had to believe in some higher power that could help me. And I had to be willing to humble myself enough to go to that higher power and admit that I would. Uh, I had a problem that I couldn't handle and ask for help. And I stayed there on that old hospital bed, got no room to do line, I put up a fight. I thought about all the things that I was going to have to give up if I made this surrender. Boy, the old road looked pretty dim and dark. I say, that's great now, road. Sure looked really nice. Boy, I ain't never going to have no more fun. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm telling you the truth. I say, this ain't going to be no fun this life at all. <laughs> oh, I know now. Oh, devil, he was fooling me, you know. He had them things. He knew what would hold me back. He was using them things, you know. And I was still pretty worldly. I love worldly things yet. So I went over all those things that they said to me, and I went over back over my life, things that I'd thrown away, the material things, other things that I'd thrown away. The material things didn't worry me too much, although I certainly didn't have any of them left, and the opportunities that I had didn't worry me too much. But I then began to think about the humiliation and things that I had caused my mother might be fine too. My mother and my wife, the boy was getting old enough to know. And uh, I just went back over what kind of a deal I'd been. And I can tell you the thing didn't look very certainly didn't. I'd had an awful lot of people that been awful nice to me. My dad and mother sent me to school to save money. Uh, they didn't have to go without something to do it, but I remember, I knew that I was drunk back in 1907. My dad got killed in that year, and I was over in school, and I was drunk, and they called on the telephone over there. I was supposed to be drunk, but I was handling it for the kid in those days. They brought him over there to Lexington, and died. Well, I had to take him home. I had to take my father's home. But I didn't get to drunk. I was drunk most of the day. And uh, then I was my senior year in the university, and I was the first time I started to run. But I made that excuse, and I'll go back to the university and finish in the summertime. I'm thinking that if I got away from school and stayed there on the farm, because through the summer I went home, I, I had to stay pretty. I did get drunk some, but I had to be pretty careful about Dad, because he'd throw me out, and I wouldn't get no more money down to school, and I knew it. So when I got drunk around home on the farm, I had to be very careful about it. And uh, so uh, I stayed around there, and then Mom said, well, all right, she'd rather go back to school. So I Took that as an excuse, and I stayed around there. Love in April, there, part of April, and one day I'm talking to her in the room. And uh, I wanted to drink, and I had my pocket. So I just stepped in the other room, because all I had that chance, and I closed the door right in the thing. Pulled my bottle out, started taking a drink, you know. Well, she just opened the door, and I said, 
Esto da la carne, no nunca más pan, si se lo ayuda, ¿no? Hasta que ya está, 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 ya I said, I'll go down and join you on. It's over. Well, I won't bring that story. That was a long time ago. Mom only had 13 years after I got sober. I was off the glass. But I went back over and I'm going to make, I said it quick already. I went back over all those things that I treat those people and I said, boy, you sure have been a hero. You don't have very much left now. The rest of the time you better start trying to do something about it. Make up for some of those things that you've done towards people. <laughs> so I said, well, Lord, I've had enough of this. I don't want to get drunk anymore. I've had enough. According to what the doctor says, and according to what I say, I don't have for him anymore. Days around here, I'm pretty well wrecked from every standpoint in the world. I'm wrecked. I don't have very much left to turn over to you, but whatever I, what I have left, I'm going to turn it over to you now. I'm not going to be the captain of the boat because, boy, I've been running this boat now for a long time. And I sure have made a wreck out of it. From now on, I'm going to try to find out each day instructions from you. I'm not going to get, when I do need to pray, tell you what all the things that I know. You know, there's another thing I ought to quit. Some awful lot of these guys are almost sacrilegious. For an hour sometimes, they'll tell the Lord what he ought to do, what they think the Lord he ought to do. They're just trying over and over again tell the Lord what he ought to do all the time. He knows what to do. I'd like to spend a little more time asking the Lord that we might be worthy that we get some of these things that we're asking for. Like the woman told the little boy, he got out and said his prayer. He said, Mother, how'd you like that? Well, she said that was pretty good, but she said, why don't you spend a little less time telling the Lord what to do and a little... Just report for duty, and he'll let him tell you what to do. So I said, from now on, instead of uh, going ahead and running this thing, telling you come on, help me put this over and this over, I'm going to try to find out what you want me to do. I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to try to find out what your will is for me, and I'll do the best that I can to carry it out. I know I'm human, I won't be able to do it all the time, but I'll keep on trying. If I fall down, I'll go back, ask you again, because I don't want to drink anymore. I've had all this I want. I just had all I want. I won't quit. I've had enough. And uh, I'm going to rely entirely upon you. When that old talks about drink starts coming on, I ain't going to care on that argument. Every time I started thinking about a drink when I was trying to stay dry and argue, I should have said And I could get more excuses somewhere other than why I should. Anyhow, whoever was carrying on the other side of that argument about I should was sure a winner. Because he nearly always said I said, Lord, when that argument comes up from now on, I'm going to turn that argument over to you, because that's one argument I always lost. And I'm going to let you handle that job, and uh, I ain't going to even start any argument about it. I'll just say, well, now, here, you take this problem over. And uh, I've had enough. I don't want to do this anymore. Anything that I have to give up or anything I have to do, I'm willing to do, and I meant it. I've said that before, but I didn't mean it. Not that long. So when these fellows come back, I said, well, I've had enough. I don't get drunk. 
And my guy, Joe, I'll ask his name because I, I can't do anything about it because I know I couldn't or I wouldn't have gone through this. I do believe in that higher power and I already have gone to that higher power and asked for help and I'm willing to do it again here or any place in the world. It doesn't make any difference. I'll never be ashamed of this to die. Have to go and ask for that help any place where it might be. I've done that and I'll do it again. I don't know whether I did it, whether I did it or not, but I told them I was willing to. They said that's fine. Now there's one other thing you gotta do. You gotta go out and take that same program to somebody else. And that's what I'm doing here tonight. I could have made it a lot shorter and quit. Not kept you folks. And, uh, but you know, these AAs get started talking. I went over to Asian Mission not so long ago. And as I went along, they told me this story. It sort of did click, but I forget it every once in a while. Instead, there was one of these fellows up talked on and on, you know. The crowd got rested in the chair and he found it on the desk. Uh, with a hammer and uh, they finally climbing down. They got restless again. This fellow went on and on. He found it again. That's finally climbing down. They got restless again. He got sort of angry. He hit the desk real hard. Walked over here and hit this fellow sitting here in the front and side of the head and knocked him out of the chair. fellow sitting there by him. He reached down right quick and grabbed him and picked his mouth. He said, are you hurt or are you unconscious? He said, no, I'm still here. He said, hit me again. <laughs> Now that was the years I got it, and that's the way I've been going out and telling it. I haven't added much to it because I'm sort of afraid to. It's been worth too much to me. It's meant those eight or ten years of my life. I, I know these last eight or ten years, and they've been good health and so on. And so I certainly think an awful lot of it because I've heard an awful lot of people say that they were sober as a result of following that program of the 12 steps they were added in as we went along and sort of learned. You can take those five that I gave you and pretty much spread them out and make 12 out of them. And that was what was done. And I've heard so many people say that they were happy and the reason of following that program. And I know that there's a lot of people out that are happy and in homes and happy homes that otherwise would have been dead or they've been in the asylum or they've been in jail tonight. And the program means a lot to me. And I certainly hope we keep it simple along that line. And if you read this, uh, uh, this last uh, uh, reader, or uh, grapevine, and you'll see the first article in there by Paul DeGreef, or whatever his name is. And he says he was an atheist, he wasn't a drunkard, but he learned. He said he was an absolute atheist. But he said by his association with AA, he has become to believe in God and pray. Now that's worth an awful lot to that man. That's worth an awful lot to him. And he said this is simplicity in the way that we want to brought him from complete atheism back to a place where he could pray to God. And I've heard so many people, so many places all around over the country, say this. I came into AA solely for the purpose of desire, but it's been through AA that I have found God. And I know, and most of you know, how well worthwhile that is. That's the reason I hope we keep our AA with program. I don't get angry because I, particularly, I, because I don't feel too much responsibility myself. The only thing in this program that I have that's worthwhile that I can take this program on, that somebody gave to me, and whereby I have had the benefit of that, I can take it on to them and give it to them. But from now on, it's between them and that higher power, whether they make it or not. There isn't any question about that. Well, it's between them and their higher power, whether they're able to make it or not. 
And that's all right. And for that reason, I don't get too much disturbed when I see these things breaking around because I'm very positive the foundation. This guy who's spoken is on a good, firm foundation and doing an awful good for it to disintegrate and go along. And thank you folks for being patient and listening to me uh, for as long as you did. And uh, thank you for inviting me down here and congratulate you on the numbers you have here in this, uh, uh, your first anniversary. And I wish you a lot more good anniversaries and thank you. Now, on behalf of the group and myself, I certainly want to thank you for a wonderful evening. You know, uh, sitting here listening to you and telling about those early days, I couldn't help but think how fortunate we are that have come in so much later and when we had so much more help. You only had two to help you. And you certainly don't have a you got. I thank you very much for seeing Now, how do you want to do from here on? You have, you have uh, comments, do you? Well, I usually work a kick on now. I always talk so long with this. <laughs> well, I was hoping for comments now. Well, I'm always pleased and done to you. I've heard you a good many times, and every time I hear you, Get those cobwebs away out of my head. <coughs> then to kind of confuse me about the program. I feel sometimes it's being confused, if you get what I mean. You bring out <laughs> primarily the first things come first in the program. Another thing you bring out is the words that Doc Smith said many times in my presence. All of us don't mouse up the program. Keep it simple. These girls we put on the program, uh, if they're good, they will stay, and if they are not good, they will disappear. Not to get too self-important in this program that we think we can dictate things that they are bigger than ourselves have already laid down the rules and regulations. Every time I hear you, I go back to my time in St. Thomas when said, Russell, can you see me? And uh, Bill Palmer and some of those fellows, some of the first fellows, Paul Stanley, they told me the same thing that you're telling now. <laughs> I think if you continue, Bill, and I know you will, going around carrying this message to we younger members, I might say, <laughs> that this program will continue to grow and grow on solid ground. Thanks very much. Well, you know, I, the program has meant so much to me that I, I'm, I'm, I'm the Lord's been mighty good to me, and I, I don't want to mess the thing up, because I probably have had all the, uh, things really that I'm entitled to, from the things I've done, and I certainly don't want to mess this thing up.
See, I might get sort of stuck up, but uh, with all them nice remarks, but I know these drunks, anyhow. <laughs> no sort of bound to exaggerate sometimes. <laughs> no, thanks, John. I was 